You Cardinal Cast, what's poppin'? It's your boy. Uh, we got Nikki Rogers on here. This one was a great one, man. I, I honestly wish we could have talked for like three times as long as we did. The reason it's shorter is because the guy had to go uh, collect some invoices, if you know what I mean. Um, listen to him talk about growth on social media, how to monetize an audience, and how to be a better man. Let's go. Nikki Rogers, boom. Cardinal cast. <laughs> boom. How you doing? What's up, bro? Stoked to have you on here. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is cool. I think um, people want to know about you, bro. I want to know about you. You're kind of a, I mean, you you have a huge presence on social media as of you know the last few. Huge. I, I wouldn't say huge. Not huge, but, but you're growing um, intentionally, which is dope. Yeah, because I'm trying now. I'm yeah. like putting effort into it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you've you've kind of been on Twitter for a while, but you it looks like you're starting to like go hard on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's the goal there? That's a good question. So um, yeah. So for the past like three and a half, really like it's been like mostly like two and a half to three years actually. Been growing theme pages on IG, growing personal brands for like the past two uh, years, and there's always like so so we've been growing clients right we're always signing people to grow their products and and take a percent of them and whatnot and it's always been a a situation of not always but there's never there's almost never a perfect client i I think we've had like three ever and we still work with some of them and we work with one of them now that everyone from twitter knows he's great but it's like you get you you'll set these people up for success and all they have to do is follow the formula you give just record the videos post these stories sell the product this way and you're going to make 250 to 500k a month and people consistently just fumble the bag and i'm sick of it and i know the formula we know the formula we do it for other people we're able to do it for other people so then it's like if i just did it for myself how much money could i make you know what i mean and that's kind of the situation i'm in where i said fuck it like I'm just going to go run up my personal brand because I know exactly how to do it. I have all the traffic. I have the sales systems. I know how to set up a product and I'll make a ton of money doing it and I'll grow my brand in general and have a, a ton of influence. So just kind of said, fuck it. And like, let's do it. Interesting. So wait, you said 250 to 500 a month in revenue with a, with a big enough Instagram account. Oh yeah. Jesus. So how does that, how does that work? So uh, the, the structure in general is uh, we take a client on and we get their, their page to be just absolutely perfect right away. Like get, get them to look amazing. So when we send shout outs to their personal brand, people are actually going to follow. Then what we do is we have a large theme page network and we're in mostly the business and entrepreneur space. So we shout them out from those pages and other pages that we fit buy promo for and we're, you know, we have deals with. And we grow their page that way. And then on their page, the content and what they're saying on stories and the call to actions that they have get people to actually buy their product, put calls and buy their product to them. And then if you're selling a coaching product, it's only 20 sales at 5K to make 100K in a month. And if you have 10 to 15,000 new followers a month, how hard is it really to sell 20 people? And that's kind of how it works out. And I'm just using 100K as a, a benchmark. Really, it's like, you know, 50 people is 250. So. Right. And so that's just like, just a formula that you just nailed down over the last two years. Correct. 
That's sick, dude. That sounds like a killer offer. Why the yeah, fuck solid. is I not working with you, bro? Um, I would say it's really difficult. Like, let's say putting content out on Twitter versus putting content on Instagram. On okay. Twitter, you can hide behind the screen. You can just type. You can create a persona. On Instagram, you almost you can still create a persona, but you almost really have to be that guy because you're jumping on video and throwing your face out there and being that guy, if that makes sense. You're showing your lifestyle. So if you don't have it, you can't fake it. Right. Okay. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. It is a lot of work. Like I don't, I don't put it's, any effort into IG. I, yeah. Twitter is extra work. Like you it's can, you can, easy. you can throw out 20 to 50 tweets a day, just like around, like doing shit you're already doing, like around your mm-hmm. schedule. But like t- making, making tweets, like doing Facebook ads or like recording ads as a, as a whole, if you have the formula for it, it's easy. Cause then they just run for you. But yeah. if you want that organic type of growth, like YouTube, for example, TikTok. IG, you have to be a, a face out there. So if you're not living that life and you're not willing to like get on video at least 20 times a month for video and post stories every day, you're not going to be successful with it. And people sometimes just won't commit to the time. And that's why they didn't do it. Interesting. So dude, let's, let's back up a sec. Let's, uh, cause I've, I've been seeing a lot of your stories and, and talking about like, kind of like your journey. Yeah. Um, how did this all start? Like where, where did you come from? Where did the theme pages come from? Like what, like how how did that all start? So, I mean, we go back, like we talk about like childhood, dude, like, cause, cause there's a couple of interesting points that I always like to bring up. Like I grew up in like a really good home, but it was never like extravagant. It was never like poor. We were just like normal middle-class, whatever, going to public school, whatever, playing sports, normal middle-class. That's one point. And I don't know if it's, um, oh, I'll get to that point in a second. But the, the other thing is like, I always enjoyed building shit. Like I was always like a little kid, like five, eight years old, 10 years old, whatever. I was like building with Legos or like Lincoln logs or like shit like that, or like digging holes. And like, I'm building a tree house or some shit like that. I always like seeing something come from like, I want, I want this. And like, I'm envisioning this to like, it's done. And like, I have it. And it's like seeing something be built from the ground up. And I think that translates to business really, really well. And I don't know if it's a genetic thing because my grandpa was, you know, deep in business and there's a lot of like old Italian type of like business stuff in, in my family as well uh, up in New York. So there was always that. So I don't know if it's a genetic thing, but I, I've always liked building things in general and seeing things be built from the ground up. So I was in college and I was there for like, I was a dual major, like, uh, economics and finance. And I was there for about a month and I got sick of it. And then that second month, I was absolutely just hating the situation. It sucked. It was awful. And I was like, I'm going to leave. Like, this is not for me. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stick with it. So two months in, uh, to college, I just dropped out. I was, I was done. Didn't have anything going, but I just knew that I wasn't going to be successful there. Uh, going to philosophy class is not going to help me. And, and that was the, the gist of it. And after that week later, I got a job selling cars. So I didn't know what to do, but I was like, I'm, I need money. So I'm, I get a job selling cars. And I started looking up shit on the internet of like how to make money online. What should you do as a young kid to make money? This and that. And I started with drop shipping. Like I think a lot of people in this space have, you know, I was watching like 
uh, Seb's videos, Sebastian, I don't know how to say his last name, Sebastian Georgia, G. Yeah, 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 yeah Georgiou. Um, his videos and that kind of like kicked things off. Um, and, and that's where I discovered it from. And then I was paying IG pages for promo on my dropshipping stores. My dropshipping stores absolutely suck, but I'm paying these IG pages for promo. And I'm like, dude, like, let me do the math. Like, how much are they making? And they're making a fuck ton of money. So I'm like, why don't I just become the IG pages, right? It's a little, it's more consistent, proven income. Um, and my only goal at that time was to build a cash flow type of system that I could have that wasn't a job that could like start working for me in, in a sense and mm-hmm. put employees in. So that's what I did. I started building pages, got 100K followers in the four months, in the first four months. I um, just blew up from there. And then we started the agency on top of that. We're doubling down on pages now and we're starting new brands that we're promoting through the pages, promoting my personal and things are just developing um, from there. So you've just kind of always had it. Like you were always just like built like that. Like you've called it, you didn't really need a lot of people that like are searching for like motivation to like get started on doing whatever they I want. I think to do. Um, Ever, or, like, know? like you mentioned my IG, I don't know if you saw the video I put up the first ever like real, like talking I put up the other day on my IG, which is like a bit of a step for me. Cause I I've never done that, it, you know, on IG and I don't know if it looked corny or not, whatever, but in that video, I was talking about like the pain of not, having what I wanted. And I, I think that was almost the motivation to, to a degree. And I, I think that ebbs and flows in, in a way, because I felt that pain super, super heavily when I was in college. And that's what forced the change. That's what forced me to like grow and like move and like get out of that situation that I hated. And, you know, recently I was like, dude, why am I not making a million dollars a month? Like what the fuck's wrong with me? Like, why am I not here? So there, there's a lot of pain in that because like I couldn't invest as much as I wanted. I see the stocks dropping. I want to dump more money in it. So it makes me work harder and makes me make changes. So we just made a ton of changes in our business in the past month to, to make that happen. So I would say maybe genetically I had like a predisposition to being in this type of scenario. And, you know, it's happened in my family in the past where they're entrepreneur uh, driven and they're entrepreneurial. But I do think the situations I've been in have forced it even more. What did your grandpa do? Like, you don't have to say exactly, but like, no, what? you're good. So my grandpa was, uh, he was in sales for HVAC systems in New York. So he would go around to companies all across the state and sell them on HVAC systems for their you know, facilities pretty much. And he, he owned his own company and he had his own suppliers and whatnot. Okay. Did, so did you ever have like conversations with him when you were young that sort of put you on that or like even recently? I, I don't think so. Cause he passed away when I kind of like was starting everything. He didn't okay. get it. Uh, he did not understand like the drop shipping, the pages and whatnot. And I was like, I tried to like explain it to him in the sense of like, it's like a newspaper, but it's digital. And like you put ads on it and, and that's everything, but he didn't, didn't fully understand that. Um, he actually told me I should be in prison for what I was doing. because he didn't get it but um yeah i I would think i was too young to fully experience all all that and and like what he did um was he born in italy or america in america okay he was uh he was the first generation that was born here okay yeah because i'm trying i'm trying to like link like the the uh 
European work ethic or like the immigrant work ethic? Yeah. So, so additionally, there is a, uh, there's, there's family that we had. Um, I'm not going to say exactly where in, in New York, but it's in New York. And just cause I don't want to like, kind of say where like my family's like living and whatnot, but they're like yeah. distant, distant cousins now, like second or third cousins. Um, but they, my great, my great grandparents and all of their siblings owned like tons and tons of real estate. This is more like Southern New York, closer to the city owned tons and tons of real estate. They own like bowling alleys. They own a bunch of, a bunch of shit. And I think that may have been something because they came over uh, from Italy and, and we're doing all that. Interesting. I love that. Uh, like, that's such a cool thing to me is like that sort of old school, like own everything in the city and just kind of become like, yeah, like, like you own your town. That's so cool. That's so sick. And I, I think there needs to be, I'd love for, and I talk about it sometimes, I love for there to be more of a balance of that because people get so caught up in this online business game. And for me, the online business game is just like a route to get the money to then own the town, to buy the real estate, to buy the companies that run the world and to buy the shit that actually matters. Because the fact is a lot of these like online businesses and like a lot of this NFT shit that's going on where it's not going to last that long because things in the space change so fast. You need to get your money and put it into real assets is always my mindset. And I think that ties into like buying up your town and owning it. Absolutely. And even more so than just like buying cash flowing assets, because that obviously is important. But I also think it's like, there's an element of like legacy there, legacy and brand where it's like, yeah, if there's a, like, bro, there's in my hometown, there's like pizza shops that have been there since like my parents were like kids Mm -hmm. and like, and even like even farther back, like my my grandpa, he was born in Eastern Europe, but he came okay. here when he was like 13. And like there are like mechanic shops that have been standing since he was like a teenager and he's yeah. two now. And imagine owning those like you own the local ice cream shop that everyone's gone to for 100 years and will keep going to for 100 years. That's so sick. Yeah. I mean, like regardless of if you think that a legacy is important or even like a real thing i think there's got to be something to like contributing to your local community in a meaningful way um and like seeing the fruit of your labor where it's like dude like you you've built brands that have serviced you know probably hundreds of thousands of, of individual customers but like it's pretty rare that you see the effect of like what your product has done for them like even if right. you're just you're talking about your pizza like yeah you get to see those people you get to like see physically yeah you see them physically and that i think there's something so cool about that you know there's a it's an interesting like the human impact of it where like if we're just like selling products on the internet and we're kind of like removed from it and whatnot we don't really see the impact that we have because it's all virtual it's all digital but like when i get a dm from someone like it's crazy to me i don't have that many followers i have like 11k on twitter i think and then like 14k on ig right now uh, which is going to change. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to go way up, but, um, <laughs> but um, I get, I'll get like a DM. Like I got a DM today and the guy's like, dude, you can't even like, I can't even tell you how much your mindset and like what you've done has impacted me. And I'm like, dude, I like, I'm just posting on the internet. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't know like how I'm impacting you, but like, I'm glad, like, congrats. Like that's dope. Like that's super sick. That's very interesting to me. Um, and I think you see that with an in-person business so much and it's just 
such a cool impact to, to see and have. And it's like that human touch to it. Who, who was that? So the guy that messaged you and said, like, you changed my fucking whole mindset. Who was that for mm-hmm. you when you were starting out? And, and then who is that now? Like, how has it changed from like 2017, 2018 when you yeah. started? Like, and you now? know, it's probably a mix of things. I wouldn't say, okay, so before, dude, I wasn't, so when I was in college, I would like look up videos. Do you have to go to college? Is <laughs> like, do you have to be here, right? And like, I'm an 18 year old kid, like trying to figure it out. And like Gary V popped up a lot. Sounds so cliche to say it. But the platitude shit from some of these guys, I believe can, if it's already like in you to a degree, or you like want it, can spark something and can like make you start thinking um, about like what's possible for more. Uh, and I think that was actually like Gary Vee at the start. Like it kind of like sparked something. Um, but I wouldn't say there was like, you asked like if there's a guy that like changed my mindset or whatnot. I don't think it was like a person specifically. Um, and this is different for everyone, right? Everyone I think thinks differently and learns differently. For me, I believe it was more so looking at myself and objectively looking at my situation and then looking at the goals that I wanted to have and then just like bullying myself and programming myself into being the person that could go and actually do that. You know, there's definitely like snippets that I'll grab from different people or like I'll see videos or like whatever that are always there. Like you'll see like a Hermosi thing right now. Like this is how you should structure your product, but it's never like Hermosi is a guy. He's changed my whole mindset. It's more so it kind of like gets you to think a little bit and then you yourself, or this is at least for me, like myself, I make the change because I get so fed up with my situation or like, I'm like, dude, why am I not doing this? And then I program myself and I change myself to be that guy that I want to be and, and to change, to get what I want. Right. Um, that's crazy how, how like optimized you are, like just for yourself. Do you think of business the same way or is there like a, does it translate? Like your ability ability to look at yourself and figure out what problems you need to solve in order to get X result. Is it that easy for you with your business or is it? I think, I, I think they're intertwined. So I've definitely had moments where I haven't been optimized. And I've fucked off and not focused on business, not focused on myself. And like, I just want to say that where it's like, it's not always like hundred percent, like I'm the man, like I'm optimized. You know what I mean? It's, I've had those issues before where I didn't even realize I was fucking off. I thought I was still doing the work, but I, I kind of got lost in like the moment, you know, for months on it. Right. Yeah. Like when I first moved to Miami, dude, oh, yeah. I was just doing stupid shit. I mean- and then, and now I've, now I've pulled back and I've, haven't gone out in a long time, months on months, you know, and it's just like, cause I'm having fun doing this, but we can get to that in a minute. The, to me, like the entrepreneur journey, like whatever you want to call it journey sounds gay, but like the entrepreneur, like learning and becoming an entrepreneur and like the self-improvement part of it and all that um, additionally ties into the business. So if you're not improving yourself, to the fullest potential and being that guy that's going to go work on the business and putting the business first as a person, then the business isn't going to be optimized either. So they, they're like intertwined. They're hand in hand. You optimize yourself for the success of the business, the business will be successful. And I guess on another note of that, 
potentially identifying problems in the business, um, it changes because at a certain degree, you're identifying problems with your employees and your systems and your operations and your product. But then at the same time, identifying problems yourself as an operator and the owner and your mental side of things, because there's always more shit you can do for the business to make it better, but you have to be the person that's going to do more shit. And sometimes you're not the guy because your mindset's fucked up and whatnot. So there's different things, I guess, to optimize. Um, but they go hand in hand at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It gets tough when you, when you start to have to manage a team and like most people in our space are kind of like solopreneurs or they have a partner. I would agree. You don't really ever think about that until you're at a certain point where you literally can't take on more work. Um, what was like, what was one thing that you had to tell yourself? Cause like, you're obviously a very capable guy. I think of myself as a capable person as well. And like, I, I had a tough time delegating. When you went from just doing theme pages to then actually building out a fucking enterprise. Yeah. yeah, It it was very interesting. Uh, So I had a business partner on the agency side Um, and on on the agency side, we started buying theme pages together as well. So the businesses are intertwined, but the beauty in it is that, so first thing is if you're ever going to partner, in my opinion, you need to have opposing strengths. You know, my strength is more admin. My strength is sales. My strength is marketing. My strength is talking to people and being like the face of things and then making sure admin stuff is done where we're actually collecting the money, the invoices are paid, the contracts are signed and closing up the deals. My business partner or my business partner's side of things is actually fulfilling for people and doing a very creative process, which is the creative process of creating content, creating ad copy that's actually going to go perform, tell their story and build a brand for these people. And I'm also mainly in, in charge of the pages, right? And overseeing our page managers and that whole system. And that's more very systemized work. So I can fit into a system really well. I think the biggest thing that happens when you get employees is that you are forced, at least for me, I was forced into like these people relying on me to eat every, every day. Like they're not getting groceries unless I'm making sure all these invoices and everything is paid and everything is collected and we're operating as efficiently as possible. So I take on all the risk and obviously I, I'm making money for myself, right? And I experienced that as a solopreneur, but now you're making sure other people are able to make their cash and it makes you work harder because now people are relying on you to make sure everything is smooth and everything is systemized. 100% dude. So easy to fuck off when you're like just by yourself. Cause it's like, if you have 50 grand in savings, you may have a month or two where you're like, well, fuck, like, I don't want to work. So I'm, I'm not- good. I'm yeah, whatever. Like, it's fine. But when you build out that team, then that's when it starts to get real. And you're like, all right, well, this is a company now. And if I don't mm-hmm. make sure that shit gets done, there are secondary consequences outside of just myself, which is like kind Correct. of scary. I would, I wouldn't say it's scary. I would just say it's like, Because like to me, scary is like not having any money coming in, and like you're in like like yeah. To me, scary is like you're not having you don't have any money coming in. You don't know like what's going on, but you have a bunch of people that are employees. But if you put them in the system, you don't overhire. There's a system there where they can fit in, and there's actually like cash coming in consistently. It's a 
feeling of confidence, but also a feeling of pressure. I think pressure is the better word than scary because pressure just to me means like getting your shit. You wake up and you get your shit done every fucking day before you fuck off. And, yeah. and that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. But there's confidence in that I can go way bigger because I have a team of 15, 20 people behind me that we can build things with. It's not just me. Exactly. For a super logical person, it removes those limiting beliefs where it's like, you may not be sure, like, yo, when I was, when I was freelancing, like when I was just a copywriter, like there was no chance of me ever doing like seven figs by myself. But with the agency, like that's very plausible that we could do that probably in our first year, just because I have a, a core team of people that we can like, that I rely on and like 100%. I, have, I have smart people too. Like I, I fuck with my team. And, and it's, it takes it from a mental game to a business game because as a, as a single, just solo person, it's very mentally driven. Like where you said you can fuck off for a month. You can actually fuck off for a month and not worry about it. Cause it's just you. And then it takes it from that as like, Oh, I don't want to work today. Like I don't want to get up and do it. Da, 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 whatever. To okay, I'm going to make sure my team is working for me and I'm going to make sure they're getting shit done. And now you're playing a business game rather than kind of like a mental solo entrepreneur type of game. Do you want to be a billionaire? I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if like, well, we'll see what happens with the dollar and all that. I um, just mean more so like with guys in our space, it, it really is kind of a choice. Cause like, we know like, 75% of what we have to do to get to that point. I can say personally, like at this point in my life, I don't think I want to put in that much work. I think I want to. that point. You want to, I enjoy it. Cause like when I'm actually having fun with business, that's all I want to do. Like right now, all I want to do is build this business. And I know if I can keep that fun going, I will continue to want to do that. Now that could change as of right now. I could say the answer is yes. I want to get to that point. Um, but that could change. Maybe I just get to a hundred mil and I'm like, ah, I'm happy. I'm good. But I don't think that will happen. Do you think that the business you currently have is going to be the vehicle that you get to a billion with, or are you going to have to change something? I think the business I currently have could, um, and I'll explain why it, it could in a, it's a, okay. It self, it won't but the traffic it drives will. So the, the way I explain that is with theme pages and with the agency, right? Well, with the agency, we're just getting cash flow to continue growing our theme page network. And then we get so much traffic with the theme page network on every fucking channel, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere, right? And we own so much traffic. And then we use that traffic to blow up one big brand that we have 100% ownership in. And I think that one big brand that we blow up using the traffic and network that we own could be the thing. That was the one thing that I loved about your business model when like the first time we met, we were on that boat. The first time I went to Miami. It was like um, a crypto boat. The crypto boat. And you were explaining cuz I asked you cuz like at the time I was like just obsessed with like big exits. I just talked to a bunch of people who had like massive exits and that's all I wanted to talk about. So I was like, so like, dude, it looks like you got some really cool, like, do you want to sell your pages? And the thing you said, uh, which I thought was even cooler was like the traffic is the vehicle to grow anything. 
the the brand like you can you can cycle brands through your traffic network and flip those and that's where the liquidity right. comes in instead of just selling the thing that's going to make you all this money in the first place because that's really and then we just build. and then we do it again and yeah. again and again and we plug the brands in just like a client so we use the clients to build the system and get extra cash flow to continue building the traffic and then we use the traffic to grow the brands and we use and we grow the brands and like on the product side and the whatever content side using the same system as the agency, it all flows together. So it looks like three separate things, but it's really one system. So the trap, the network of traffic, the network of pages itself is the company and you can just run whatever you want through that. Yeah. Correct. What do you think is like an out of the box kind of thing that you can do to monetize? Actually, let me, let me make this more general. Cause I think this would be interesting for anyone listening what are some of the most creative ways that you've seen people monetize an audience just in general? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I know I've seen some crazy things, but I, yeah, I'm, t- I'm trying to think. Um, I've seen some stupid things too. Like there was this one kid I coached a long time ago. And then, I mean, maybe it's like crazy, that means it's a stupid thing, but he was selling like, um, like potions as like a witch wizard, like thing on the internet, but he was making like 20 K a month doing it, which is cool. Like, I mean, it's not a crazy amount of money, but it's like, it's like cool. And he just had like an IG page and like a YouTube and he was like selling that shit. So it's like, that it has, it's just very interesting. Cause like, you just need a audience that's super fucks with like one type of thing and you can sell them like anything in that niche and it'll work yeah yeah i mean so there's there's products like potions potions is an interesting one i've, I've never i've never seen that before but Weird. So, so you have custom products that you make yourself you have affiliate deals with products that already exist or shout outs or you can create it like some sort of info product or you can rely on adsense if you're on youtube yep anything outside of that, that um do or is that kind of like the main ones pretty much the main thing yeah, pretty much the main the main ones, uh, and I prefer. Oh, I always prefer selling your own products. You know, like you look at a guy like Logan Paul and KSI starting that drink brand Prime. Yeah, it's that's so product. smart. Did I've you, never tried it. Tried? Oh my god, bro, Danny, uh, Wi-Fi astronaut gave me some. He had like a whole case. It was delicious. Interesting. So I, I'll have to try it. But they, dude, they'll they'll make a billion dollars off that. They'll sell it to like Gatorade or some shit. And they'll make tons and tons of money, but they just used like to me, like why would I ever want to? I okay, if I'm a YouTuber, or whatever, and I I could see it for some people that don't have the drive or the ambition or don't even know that they can go and start their own shit. But if you have the wherewithal, why would you ever take a brand deal over starting your own shit? Like I just I just don't like why would I promote someone else's product when I can just promote my thing? You make way more money that way. Um, so I'm, I'm a big, uh, proponent. Like I, I really heavily support people starting their own thing if they're an influencer or whatnot and not staying away from brand deals. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge is just like, most people are like, well, what the fuck do I sell? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of cool partnerships where it's like, I'm rewatching stranger things right now. So Millie Bobby Brown, 11, that girl from the show, like she started a skincare product. And like, she's got millions and millions of followers. Like that's an yep. easy one that you can do. You can just crush yep. with. It seems like there's like some default ones that like 
everyone kind of knows like the margins are really good and like it's skincare clothing there's a lot of like ones like that yeah yeah do you think like it's harmful to over monetize an audience like do you think you can burn people like burn your audience if you like try and sell too much that's one thing i'm always conscious of especially when when i used to work with clients on the personal brand side and i was doing their emails or their funnels or whatever and i would see that they're like selling at every touch point do you think that can be harmful to a certain extent or is it kind of like you're good as long as you present it 100 it could be very harmful if you do it especially if you do if you do it in a distasteful way um but and this is something obviously you know logan i tell logan he needs to promote more there has to be a fine balance of mm-hmm. like i need to get my money but i also need to respect my audience uh, so like in, in certain senses like some people need to promote less because they're burning their audience and some people need to promote more. And it also depends on the platform. I'm not going to put a CTA up every single day on IG. I might never even put a CTA up on my feed on IG because it just doesn't fit the vibe. But on Twitter, you know, I might put a CTA up every single day if I'm selling a product there because it fits. You're putting out 10, 15 pieces of content, not your entire, your entire audience is not going to see that CTA. So depends on the platform too. Yeah, I think so. I think for sure. Cause like YouTube, I mean, like you can have a, a brand deal or two in every video, yep. but that doesn't feel like it's over monetizing. And it depends on the brand deal itself. Like Mike Malak, I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Does great brand deals where it fits the vibe of the video. He's like funny in it and, and whatnot. And I'm sure the brands get great results from him, but other people will like, just be like too serious and they'll be like, okay, here's the product. This is the sponsor of the video. Da, 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 da. And it just doesn't fit the vibe of the video. And I think those can hurt, but Mike's probably actually help him a little bit because the audience fucks with it. Yeah, for sure. So I know we're, I know we're running short on time. So I'm going to, tr- I have okay. one more like okay. question. Um, I, I feel like there was a wave of, of theme page people back in like 2017 to 2019. Um, and everyone talked about it, but there were really only a few people that were really crushing. And the two that I can think about the top of my head are you and Bolus. Yeah. Um, what do you think it was that made you stand out and like stand the test of time when everyone was kind of doing the same thing? Like what set you apart? Why are oh, you? So the yeah. first thing is there's way more than just me and Bolus. Like, I'm in the business space and there's one other, two other big people in the business space, but they don't talk about it too much over on Twitter. Like most people listening to this wouldn't know them. Um, and most people in general in the theme page space are quiet. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, additionally, I think the thing that, you know, kind of stood out because of me and Bols, dude, Bols is awesome. By the way. We text, you know, once in a while, his theme page university is great. Yeah. Um, good stuff. And the, I think the thing that kind of like stood out a bit is that we just kept talking about it and we kept being successful Uh, because a lot of the people I know in the theme page game, either stopped growing them, didn't know how to manage their page. Right. And just like stopped, uh, weren't making enough money or they sold their shit and they kind of jumped out of the game. Um, Additionally, a lot of people that were talking about it weren't actually about it. And they had like one page and they had like 20, 30 K followers and they declare themselves an expert. Um, so I think, I think that's probably it. And then the people that were really like loud talking about it, I don't think I was like talking about it too much, but it is part of my brand. Cause I mentioned a lot. It's just part of my story. Um, but I think it stood out because Bolus and I were actually like in the game 
it's itself. And we were the two in the actually deep in the game that we're talking about it. Cause there's so many other people that are in the game that aren't talking about it. Um, so I think that's probably why. Yeah. You just realize how far you can dig it and you just decide to push the boundaries. Yeah. Interesting. Is there a, is there one piece of like advice or maybe like some mindset thing that has really helped you that you would want to share for someone who's kind of at the beginning of their, I don't know if it would be like, okay. So something I've been thinking about a lot right now, and this isn't for someone as a beginner, I'll, I'll touch on the beginner after this, but something I've been thinking a lot right now, I've been tweeting a lot about putting on my stories a lot is reinvesting and investing your cash into assets and cash flowing one up before you go do some stupid shit. Um, because I see, and I talk with another theme page friend here in Miami and we're like, dude, like I only know five people in person here in Miami that are like actively taking their cash and putting it into investments. Like, I don't know a ton of people in person. Like I know a ton of people making a bunch of money, but they're not investing it at like at all. They're just blowing it on bullshit and like going to clubs and whatnot. And it's so dumb. It's just so dumb. So that's just something I've been thinking about a lot. If like I ever had any advice for someone that like was at the same stage I'm at, it's like take your cash and fucking put it in assets until you have $10 million. That's yeah, is, that, is that why you didn't buy that Porsche? Yeah. It was a beautiful Because Porsche. you know, oh, so sick. And uh, I, I did really want it. I think it could have helped on the marketing side and, and brand building. And I'll get something probably this year, uh, later on. But at that present moment, I could, I like, I easily had enough cash to like go and do it. But it's like, do I put this cash into a car? Or that could make me money on the marketing side. Or do I hire three more employees right now, like today? And the decision is so simple for me. It's like grow my business, hire more employees and worry about the car in like three to six months from now when I have, you know, 5X the cash flow every month, you know, that makes so much more sense to me just keep growing the business and keep solidifying what I'm working on. And additionally, not getting that because it's something I really wanted, but I knew it was stupid to do. And that is another thing that like forces me to grow as a person, as an entrepreneur or whatever, of like grow the business harder, do better, get better results. And then you can go get the car when you have your, your 10 mil liquid. That's, that's my mindset. Um, but as for someone as a beginner that was your original question yeah i think there's i think there's two things as a business owner entrepreneur that everyone needs to figure out you first go through the cycle of like what the fuck am i even doing like like what am what am i doing here like how do i actually be successful and then the second stage of that is after you figure that out doing the work because everyone wants to do the work at the beginning when they're like figuring it out and it's like super exciting and whatever and da 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 but then it's like doing the work once you have the game plan and you know what it takes to like get to the first app, for example. Um, that to me is like, you need to figure shit out as fast as possible. And then you need to stick with it and do the work. Um, and to figure it out, dude, you just need to try shit. Like, like that's like, this is simplest thing. Like there's no cookie cutter. Like this is what you do. Like, how did I end up in theme pages? I just tried shit. Like, how did you end up in the agency freelancing game? You probably just tried shit. So that's the answer for that. Uh, I would say is my advice is try shit and then do the work once you know what it takes. Dude, that is, that is so like crucial. And a lot of people don't want to hear that because like people get stuck at a certain number where you're like fucking good. 
And then this is not just like in. I, I've done it, bro. I've done it. All, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, across like every industry where it's like, I, I talked to a guy who used to manage like a pretty big rapper. I don't say his name, but like most people will probably know him. And yep. he like had a peak where at one point just off streams on Spotify, he was making like 50, 60 racks a month. And then he was like, yo, fuck, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to chill for a little bit. And that shit goes down. And like, that was it. Like you get, you get stuck in a number where it's like, you're making more than everybody else, but you're still not at that level where it qualifies you to be like, like you're a high level entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's, there's like levels to it. I think, um, I think there's like the solopreneur that you see a lot of these people on Twitter app. There's a couple people that have broken out of that space. Like Chris Johnson is a great example. Tate is another great example of that. And I think Tate is probably leveled up to the, to the next level of that. I think there's that kind of space. There's like, you have a company space. And then there's, I think like the, 10 to 20 million dollar space where chris johnson's at and i think that's where i'm breaking into right now um and then i think there's a level of like you're at you're at 100 amps and that's like the next push where you're just doing different shit where no one like really gets it but like there's a lot of like you know you have a real fucking company at that point um and we all kind of get stuck like 50k a month dude i got stuck i was like happy and then it goes down a little bit and i was like oh shit like what am i doing like i need money like i need more cash um yeah no I, yeah. I would agree this is a great episode bro i appreciate you coming on man for sure man uh, i yeah. really enjoyed it where can they reach you on uh, twitter and instagram yeah at nick rgrs some people always have uh so nick rgrs like rogers is my last name it's just abbreviated but some people always got something to say about my name because it it looks some type of way I know exactly what you're talking about, bro, but we'll let people figure that shit out. <laughs> for right, sure, man. for sure. Thanks again. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. I know only want to get the job done. Job done. I don't know a nigga that could cover for me. Cover for yeah. Me. Got some game from my day. So she might say she love me. She don't love me like she say she love hey. me. Believe me. Tune off the rip, that's the man that put me in the shit. If a nigga